Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Hello and welcome to the Valence Company's second quarter fiscal 2021 financial results conference call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. A brief question and answer session will follow the formal presentation. If anyone should require operator assistance during a conference, please press star zero on your telephone keypad. As a reminder, this conference is being recorded. It is now my pleasure to introduce your host, Everett Knight, Executive Vice President of Corporate Development and Capital Markets of the Valens Company. Everett, please go ahead. Thank you, Operator. Good morning, and welcome to the Valens Company's second quarter 2021 financial results conference call for the period ended May 31st, 2021. A replay of this call will be archived on the Investor Relations section of our website at thevalenscompany.com slash investors. Before we begin, Please let me remind you that during the course of this conference call, Valens Management may make statements including with respect to management's expectation or estimates of future performance. All such statements, other than statements of historical fact, constitute forward-looking information or forward-looking statements within the meaning of the applicable security laws and are based on expectations, estimates, and projections as the date hereof. Specific forward-looking statements include, without limitation, all disclosures regarding future results of operations, economic conditions, and anticipated courses of actions. These forward-looking statements are subject to a number of risks and uncertainties that may cause actual results to differ materially from expectations. For more information on the company's risks and uncertainties related to forward-looking statements, please refer to the latest annual information form and our latest management, discussion, and analysis, otherwise known as the MDNA, each as filed with the Canadian Securities Regulatory Authorities at CDAR.com or on the Valens Company's website at thevalenscompany.com. The risk described in the annual information form, which may cause the actual financial results, performance, or achievements of the Valens Company to materially differently from estimated future results, performance, or achievements expressed by forward-looking information or forward-looking statements are hereby incorporated by reference herein. Although these forward-looking statements reflect management's current beliefs and reasonable assumptions based on current available information to management as of the date hereof, we cannot be certain of the actual results will be consistent with the forward-looking statements in the future. We caution you not to place undue reliance upon such forward-looking results. For any reconciliation of non-IFRS measures uh, measured and discussed, please consult our latest MDNA as filed on CDAR. Now, joining me on the call today are Mr. Tyler Robson, Chief Executive Officer, Mr. Sunil Gandhi, our new Chief Financial Officer, and Mr. Jeff Fallows, President. With that, I would now like to hand the call over to Tyler. Tyler, please go ahead. Thank you, Everett, and welcome to everyone that has joined our earnings call to discuss our results for the second quarter ended May 31st, 2021. I'll start by giving a recap of our most recent highlights before Jeff goes into more detail on our operational and strategic accomplishments from the quarter and Everett discusses our capital markets activities. I'd also like to welcome Sunil Gandhi, our newly appointed Chief Financial Officer, who will give an overview of financial results for the quarter. Sunil brings strong corporate and operational finance experience to Valens 
and we're very fortunate to have them on board as we move through the second half of second half of our fiscal year and continue to execute our growth plans. But before I kind of jump into my part, I want to I want to be fully transparent with everybody. Um, that was a it was a tough financial quarter, but I think there's some very good things that came out of it that that we'll dive into later today. Um, when you really look at how we entered the quarter to how we exited, it, it's night and day. Um, really jumping into our philosophy philosophy of fewer, bigger, better. Uh, I truly believe we're executing that. And one thing I want to bring to light is, is the very clear distinction between what is a manufactured SKU and what is a listing at the provincial board. So we only added four new manufacturing processes to drive velocity and depletion rates at the provincial boards. But what we did was take a lot of our products to the other provinces for faster depletions, more operational efficiencies that'll increase our gross margin long-term. So when you really look at what we've done, it, it's, it's really an operational win for a quarter, even though the financial results lagged. Um, getting into it, we, we really created a winning portfolio of products, having such great selling success and working with the provincial boards, strengthening our sales and marketing team. Uh, and, and again, going back to velocity and depletion rates, which we're seeing uh, month over month, what, uh, week over week. Uh, another thing we really did in the second quarter was, was operationalize pre-rolls. When you look at our efficiencies that we hit with pre-rolls, taking those to the provincial boards, uh, we're going to succeed and we're going to win the pre-roll category. Um, <clears throat> across new categories, we, we've also launched new edibles, launched a number of baked goods, uh, the first double chocolate brownie in addition to one of our, our bath products, the Nuance Soothing Eucalyptus CBD Bath Bomb in Ontario, uh, and, and we're, we're hearing great things. Another thing we did this quarter was really start to turn on the innovation of rare and strategic cannabinoids. When you look at the CBN, CBGs, and, and Delta-8s in Canada, very few people have the ability to commercialize those. Um, we've had great success, which you guys will see some of those in the later half of the year. Um, with that overview, I'll now turn the call over to Jeff Fallows, president of the Valance Company, to dive deeper into the operational achievements and strategic initiatives for 2021. Thank you, Tyler. While our second quarter financial results were impacted by the effects of retail closures and both inventory right-sizing and administrative listing delays at the provincial level, we made significant operational strides at all three of our facilities and believe our strategy continued to demonstrate its effectiveness as we gained significant market penetration in a difficult market environment. This was demonstrated by a 76% increase in countrywide provincial listings to 132 compared to 75 SKU listings in the first quarter of 2021. We attribute our SKU listing success to the product development and commercialization strategy we introduced at the beginning of the fiscal year. This strategy is broken down into three core phases, launch, grow, optimize. We, more specifically, we are now moving firmly through our launch phase and are manufacturing and gaining listings for products across all cat cannabis categories. Our primary focus in the launch phase is to commercialize a core product portfolio with the largest possible addressable market, which is why we decided to enter the flower, pre-rolls, and topical markets, in addition to making the acquisitions necessary to accelerate our edibles footprint and expand our offering in the health and wellness vertical in Canada and the U.S. Our recent launches in these four new categories complement our existing product offering and nicely rounds out a complete offering of cannabis products. Although the cost required to scale up and commercialize these new products led to a decrease in gross margin and adjusted EBITDA in the second quarter, we expect to drive margin growth in future quarters as we improve efficiency, optimize utilization levels, and expand volumes across the country with these unique new offerings. In the second quarter, 
Valens manufactured 57 SKUs across all cannabis categories, only an 8% increase in comparison to 53 SKUs in Q1 2021. Keeping in line with our fewer, bigger, better approach, the significant increase in provincial SKU listings was accomplished with only a minor increase in our total SKU count. Further, the aggressive SKU launch seen in previous quarters is transitioning into a portfolio management exercise, which is focused on identifying and discontinuing underperforming SKUs, focusing resources on successful SKUs, and strategically launching new and innovative SKUs into targeted market segments. We, have, we believe we have done an excellent job of preempting consumer demand thus far, and as the market matures, we will continue to closely monitor our portfolio offering and the popularity of all our products in order to optimize our productive capacity, adapt to market trends, gain market share in targeted segments, and drive continued overall revenue growth. Looking to the next several quarters, we will look to enter our growth phase where we expect to continue our listing success, grow volumes on our existing listings, launch selective new and innovative products in targeted market segments, and expand our provincial reach to all markets in Canada. Since the end of Q2 2021, nine additional listings were achieved and another 40 listings have been accepted by provincial distributors with the first shipments expected in Q3 2021 or early Q4 2021. Of the 132 SKUs uh, mentioned earlier, 32 were listed at the end of the quarter, with sales expected to be recognized in the Valens third quarter results. This means our, our momentum is only beginning and offers a clear indication that our products are winning. In short, provincial boards are recognizing that retailers and consumers are looking for our products. To further increase Valens' ability to capture market share in Canada, we expanded our Canadian distribution network to supply Manitoba, New Brunswick, and Yukon Territory with Valens manufactured products. The company is now in six provinces and one territory, including Alberta, British Columbia, Ontario and Saskatchewan, and nationally through Medical Cannabis, Medical Cannabis by Shoppers Platform. Valens will bring its latest innovative products to consumers in all regions of Canada with these latest network expansions, and we expect to include more eastern provinces in the second half of fiscal 2021, with Quebec remaining a top priority. By the end of fiscal 2021, we expect to be in all provinces and territorial markets in Canada. Once we have fully established Canadian, our Canadian distribution network, we will be in a position to enter our optimized phase where we will work to further drive margin and efficiencies on popular winning SKUs, which we will measure by market share, consumer and retail feedback, and market sales trends. Quarter over quarter, our estimated share of the growing extract-based market remains stable at 5% in Alberta, British Columbia, and Ontario in Q2 2021, based on high-fire data and not including B2B LP manufacturing. We expect this number to increase as we expand our portfolio of products and as we increase our partnership network over the course of the year. Our estimated share of the cannabis-infused beverage category grew to 8% in Q2 2021 from 5.5% in Q1 in Alberta, British Columbia, and Ontario based on high-fire data, with only one customer in this category to date. Cannabis-infused beverages accounted for approximately 1.7% share of the Canadian cannabis market in April, remaining stable since the beginning of the calendar year, according to high-fire data. Valens expects to contribute to, a ca to category variety and market share in the coming quarters when the GTA facility comes online and we can begin to engage with more partners for source-based beverage manufacturing. We are expecting to report strong results in the second half of the year as we grow our leadership position in the Canadian cannabis product manufacturing market and, crucially, execute our U.S. strategy now that we have closed green roads 
the Green Roads acquisition. Over the second quarter, we transformed our future prospects by breaking into the U.S. market with the acquisition of Green Roads for $40 million U.S. This valuation equates to approximately 1.8 times 2020 revenue with a maximum earnout of $20 million subject to achieving certain EBITDA milestones in 2022, which if fully achieved implies approximately 4.5 times fiscal 2022 EBITDA. Valens now has significant presence in the largest cannabinoid market in the world, which is a monumental step in our international expansion strategy. Additionally, the acquisition strengthens our capabilities to supply global markets with an expanded product offering and increases our speed to market with a US-based manufacturing and co-manufacturing platform. The integration of the two companies is ahead of schedule and we expect international shipments to continue to grow with a combination with a combination. Collectively, Valens and Green Roads products are sold in 11 countries and discussions continue regarding various international distribution opportunities in Latin America, Asia Pacific, and Europe. Additionally, Valens plans to invest approximately $10 million in the Green Roads to strengthen the company's resources across various business lines, including sales and marketing, to capitalize on strategic opportunities expected to rise as the U.S. market matures. Our Canadian distribution Excuse me. Our Canadian domestic footprint remains one of the strongest in the country with our expanded capacity from our K2 facility, the newly acquired life facility, which is, expand, which is scaling quickly, and the GTA facility, which will focus on the formulation, co-packing, and manufacturing of cannabis-infused beverages and other customized 2.0 and 3.0 products using Source by Valens emulsion technology. I'm pleased to say that the GTA facility has recently received the last few pieces of major equipment and with our Health Canada license expected imminently, we expect to, be, to begin manufacturing, commercializing, and shipping products from the facility in the second half of fiscal 2021. Our manufacturing expertise is unparalleled, and our sophisticated platform is best positioned to capitalize on the future of the cannabis industry. Everyday extract-based consumer packaged goods. Over the remainder of 2021, we will continue to expand into new markets, strengthen our partnership network, and bring our acclaimed products to new customers. I'll now turn the call over to Everett to discuss industry trends and market updates. Thank you, Jeff. As Tyler and Jeff have made clear, we believe we have maneuvered Valens to provide a platform to seek to capitalize on huge opportunities ahead of us as the Canadian market matures and will continue to aggressively position the company for strategic opportunities as global markets begin to open up and large CPG players continue to enter the space through strategic avenues. The importance of this is more apparent as we shift toward a more favorable regulatory landscape in the U.S. As just yesterday, Senator Chuck Schumer introduced a draft of the Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act, which could deschedule, regulate, and tax cannabis in the United States in addition to other social justice measures, although we cannot predict with certainty if or when cannabis will be federally legal in the U.S. Our balance sheet remains strong as we successfully raised an additional financing from our bot deal transaction for proceeds of $46 million, which closed on June 1st. This opportunistic equity raise provides the company with the ability to continue to pursue its strategic initiatives, specifically by taking an opportunistic approach to additional accretive acquisitions and to further secure our entrance into additional Cannabis 2.0 and 3.0 product verticals on a global scale. This quarter, we were busy and launched a range of innovative products in four new categories, including edibles, topicals, flower, and pre-rolls. Since closing the acquisition of Life, 
the Valance company has formulated, manufactured, and distributed over 50 new edibles products with various partners in a wide variety of formats, including chocolate, soft chews, and baked goods. This includes unique chocolate offerings, including such as milk chocolate coffee quinoa with no added sugar, toffee crunch, ice cream sandwich chocolate bites, acai berry chocolate, cherry milk chocolate fruit chews, chocolate truffles, and the newly launched double chocolate brownie from Verse Cannabis, one of the first confectionery products of its kind to hit the Canadian recreational market. Additionally, consumers can find soft chews in a wide variety of fruit flavors, including pineapple coconut, lemonade, cherry watermelon, black ice, blue raspberry, and green apple. We've also entered the growing topicals market with our products that are crafted with all natural plant-derived essential oils and infused with 100 milligrams of premium CBD. The Nuance CBD Bath Bomb is the first Valens manufactured topical product, and we are proud to say currently largest bath bomb available in the Canadian market. In partnership with Verse Cannabis, the Valens company also introduced a variety of flower and pre-roll products under the Verse Originals line, including BC Godbud Flower, Dreamweaver pre-rolls, and Amp pre-rolls, the first flower product sourced and manufactured by Valens to enter the Canadian marketplace. Since launch, Valens has experienced strong selling for this line of products across its Canada-wide distribution network. As you can see, our low-cost, innovative, and adaptable product manufacturing platform has facilitated the efficient expansion of our operation and entry into new product verticals. Even with the new product launches, we were able to get finished products to consumers in a record time, which allowed us to grow our SKU listings quarter over quarter significantly. As Jeff mentioned, our product development and manufacturing capabilities now span all cannabis categories, increasing Valens' total addressable market and market share capturability. The company expects to launch a range of new innovative products in the second half of 2021 in various formats, as well as introducing Green Roads award-winning CBD products to the Canadian market, offering consumers a wider range of products in the health and wellness segment. In parallel, we are strengthening our licensed producer partnership network with the addition of two leading Canadian producers. Valens will provide extraction and custom manufacturing for Rubicon Organics and pre-roll manufacturing and distribution services for Citizen Stash Cannabis Corp, otherwise previously known as Experian Biotechnologies, with the potential to expand these agreements to include additional product development and manufacturing services as the relationship strengthens. After the quarter, we entered into a custom manufacturing agreement with Gallery Brands to manufacture both beverages and edibles for two of their flagship brands, Blessed and Fleur. Alongside these operational achievements, we remain keenly focused on completing our listing on the NASDAQ, which has been fortified by our U.S. entry. These initiatives will be instrumental in advancing our global opportunities and are expected to lead to Valens accomplishing its strategic and operational growth objectives, which we believe will be transformational for the company. We expect to be trading on the NASDAQ capital market in the third quarter of 2021 calendar year and have been working diligently to complete all requirements necessary prior to listing. We expect to provide more information to the market um, in the next few months. 
Please, we believe this will be a large step in the right direction for access to institutions and a greater liquidity, which seems to have dried up among small cap companies globally during the summer as COVID restrictions have lifted. We believe an anticipated NASDAQ listing, U.S. operations, growing market share, and entry into the flower category has justified a further narrowing of the multiple gap between us and our peer group. And we intend to continue to execute on our business plan to show the market that we'll be leaving 2021 as a very different company than we started. With that, I'll, I'll now turn the call over to Sunil Gandhi, CFO, to run through financial results for the second quarter of fiscal 2021. Sunil recently joined Valens and has already taken the reins and is demonstrating that it will be a great value add to the team. He brings over 25 years of corporate and operational finance experience, largely in the consumer packaged goods and beverage industries. Most recently, he was Chief Financial Officer of Trophy Foods, a leading supplier of nut-based snacks, baking and confectionery products with operations in Canada and the U.S. He's going to be a great asset, and we are very pleased to have him with us on this journey. With that, I'll turn the call over to Sunil. Thank you for the kind introduction, Everett. I'd like to extend my thanks to the entire Valence team for their warm welcome and for their support in bringing me up to speed in my new role as the CFO of the company. There's no doubt that Valence is one of the most innovative manufacturers in the cannabis industry, and I'm pleased to join at such an exciting time in its evolution with recent and important actions in terms of strategic acquisitions, launching various new products, and creating one of the most adaptable product manufacturing platforms in the Canadian market. I hope to leverage my financial operational experience across the consumer packaged goods space to build upon the strategic plan that Valence has set in motion towards becoming a multi-billion dollar global leader in the cannabis space. Now, moving on to our second quarter 2021 financial results. Net revenue increased by 6.5% to $18.8 million for the three months ended May 31st, 2021, compared to $17.6 million in the same period of fiscal 2020. The increase in revenue was driven by cannabis operations revenue, and more specifically, by an increase of $7 million, or 70.5%, in product sales as a result of a scale-up of Valence platform to develop and commercialize a range of new and innovative product formats, including vapes, beverages, drink drops, edibles, bath bombs, flour, pre-rolls, hash, and crumble, in addition to sourcing bulk winterized and distillate oil for our partner products. Offsetting this increase was a $5.8 million decline in revenue associated with toll extraction and co-packing services, which is reflective of our transition away from our previous focus on toll processing. Balance also incurred a reduction in shipments of biomass from extraction partners as they continue to adjust their workforce and operations to manage through the uncertainty created by the pandemic. Compared to the previous quarter ended February 28, 2021, net revenue decreased by 1.3 million or 6.2% for the three months ended May 31st, 2021, which was compared to $20 million in the previous quarter. This decline was mainly driven by $1 million decrease in revenue from product sales due to decreased activity from cannabis partners sourcing bulk and winterized, sourcing bulk winterized and distillate oil, combined with administrative delays with provincial boards in sourcing and listing 
cannabis 2.0 and 3.0 products as all parties continue to work through the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic with ongoing brick and mortar store limitations and closures. We are optimistic that the bottlenecks are being alleviated as pandemic restrictions ease in many regions of Canada, as this is demonstrated by the number of incremental listings we achieved towards the end of the second quarter. Listings increased by 76%, to 132 compared to 75 listings only in 2020 in Q1, excuse me, of 2021, with only a modest increase in the physical number of SKU count. Of greater significance is the fact that 32 listings were achieved at the end of the quarter in key categories such as concentrates, pre-rolls, flour, topicals, and beverages, with sales starting to be recognized in Valence's third and fourth quarter fiscal year results. Gross profit for the second quarter was 22% compared to 24% in the first quarter of 2021 and 35.8% for the same quarter in the prior year. In addition to the factors impacting net revenues, gross profit was negatively impacted as the company experienced the inherent inefficiencies associated with new product launches and the transition away from the historical focus on total processing to the current strategic focus on product development and manufacturing. It is expected that gross profit will improve over time as production volumes increase. Operating expenses for the quarter were approximately $15 million compared to $10 million in the same period last year. $1.3 million of the increased expenses were driven by professional fees associated with specific transactions, such as the acquisitions of Green Roads and Life. In addition, the company experienced higher advertising and promotion expenses depreciation and amortization, and the overall general administrative costs associated with the build-out of the organization to aggressively execute our product development and manufacturing growth strategy. Balance ended the quarter, the second quarter of 2021, with adjusted EBITDA of negative $5 million, compared to negative 2.2 for the quarter ended uh, February 2021. The decrease in adjusted EBITDA can be attributed to increased cost to innovate and produce unique products with lower utilization. However, as Valence continues to focus on capturing market share and increased provincial listings, we expect to achieve higher utilization and anticipated recurring revenue of these products that is expected to drive value for quarters to come. Additionally, the integration of life contributed to a small decrease in adjusted EBITDA. We remain confident that our continued business transformation to the product development and manufacturing platform and our acquisitions of Green Roads and Life Food Technologies will allow us to experience positive EBITDA performance in future quarters. We are also excited about the rest of 2021, where we will continue to leverage our updated business model, recent acquisitions, and expansion to create long-term sustainable value for all shareholders and stakeholders. Balance continues to monitor inventory levels and balances outstanding with our partners to ensure a strong financial balance sheet position. As at May 31st, 2021, we had $38.8 million in accounts receivable and expected loss rate for overdue balances of $0.8 million based on subsequent collections and various discussions with associated partners and analysis of creditworthiness. Balance has subsequently collected and has trade accounts payable outstanding with the same partners or has recorded an impairment loss provision representing almost half of the total accounts receivable balance, which is outstanding 
at May 31st, 2021. It is acknowledged that this balance is higher than in previous quarters due to a combination of factors, such as two significant balances with core customers, which had extended payment terms coming in coming due in Q3 and the relative timing of shipments in Q2. In the coming quarters, we expect our accounts receivable balance to decrease as provincial sales increase and more revenue is collected from provincial boards who have more efficient and favorable payment processes in place. Balance had $23.9 million of cash as of May 31st, 2021, compared to $20.3 million as at November 30th, 2020, which includes gross proceeds from the various bought deal financing from 2020 and the first quarter of 2021. As of June 1st, Valance closed a bought deal financing in which we issued 13.9 million units valued at $46 million, which were comprised of one common share of the company and one half share purchase warrant. Each full share purchase warrant is exercisable at a price of $4.15 per share for a period of 36 months from the date of closing. With that, I will turn the call over to the operator to open the line for the question and answer session. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, we will begin doctoring your question and answer session. If you'd like to ask a question, you may press star one on your telephone keypad. A confirmation tone will indicate your line is in the question queue. You may press star two if you would like to remove your question from the queue. For participants using speaker equipment, it may be necessary to pick up your handset before pressing the star key. Our first question comes from the line of David Kadekel with ATB Capital Markets. Please proceed with your question. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, good morning. Um, thanks for taking my question and congratulations on the quarter. Um, I just want to go back to some of your uh, prepared remarks here. Um, so you, you've um, put in the market now 132 SKUs. Uh, this quarter, which is about 75% quarter-over-quarter growth. Um, you know, by our back-of-the-napkin math, that's, you know, right up there with just about any of the Canadian LPs um, in general. Um, my question for you guys is, how have you been able to achieve this, especially with, you know, Ontario Cannabis Store, for example, the OCS pulling back and right-sizing inventory? How have you been able to achieve this to that level, um, but also, just from a consumer perspective, how how confident are you guys that these are the SKUs that are really going to be um, important for um, consumer uh, preference? Thanks. Yeah, thanks, David. Uh, obviously, Tyler here. A couple things to unwind there because there's, there's a few ones. Do we remain confident? Yes, absolutely remain confident. We've picked the right SKUs. Um, and, and kind of internally, I'll say men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Um, the SKUs we've gone forward with, we've achieved the listings. So when we have the listings in the provinces, they're very different than the SKUs manufactured. And clearly they're winning for multiple reasons. One, we bring a value proposition to the table no one else does. 
And one or number two, I guess, is, is we have cannabis IP that no one else has. So when you look at the form factors, the different delivery methods, no one can touch our platform, whether it's in edibles or even concentrates, beverages. Uh, we bring something to the table no one else does. And yes, our listing SKUs are starting to compete with some of the, the tier one LPs with multi-billion dollar market caps. But at the end of the day, numbers won't lie. And you'll see quarter over quarter growth with some of these depletion rates. And that's one thing that a lot of people aren't talking about. Yeah, it's great to have a lot of listed items at the provincial boards, but let's chat depletion rate. Let's chat inventory health and see how fast the, those SKUs are moving, the velocities. So when we really put our best foot forward with these SKUs, which we did win everything we wanted to, um, you'll see it in the next couple of quarters. And David, sorry, this is Jeff. I just want to add one quick thing to that. We want to be very clear the difference between a SKU manufactured and a SKU listed. The SKU manufactured is only increased by four SKUs. That's 57 SKUs or 57 products that we make. The 132 was the number of listings those 57 products make got across the country. Okay, that, yeah, that, that's really great color, guys. Okay, thanks. Um, moving along as well, just to, you know, your pre-roll and flower category, seems like you're, you're doubling down to some extent on that area. I'm just wondering from your mar from gross margins here, not EBITDA margins, but gross margins, how do you view that as impacting your overall business, um, you know, increased or decreased gross margins, mainly because given you guys are in the 2.0 and 3.0 product category, and those already command the highest margins in the space. So do you, do you in other words, do you, do you see the pre-roll and flower categories actually being um, a, a negative tier uh, overall margin profile or, or neutral or, or positive for that matter? Thanks. Yeah, uh, David, hi, this is Jeff. I'll take this one um, to start. So, uh, yeah, so we're the largest buyer of biomass in the Canadian market. So we get uh, favorable pricing and, you know, are able to be very selective on the SKUs and the, and the flower profiles that we bring in-house. But that said, um, you know, these SKU offerings or these product offerings for our customers are really designed to help them round out their brand portfolios. For example, uh, the launch of the Verse SKUs, really uh, their target for them was to round out their product portfolio so they could own the shelf, so to speak, in, their, in the value focus category. From a balance perspective, the, the gross margin for us on that would be lower than, than, say, other products where our IP and technology has been added, say, a source-based product. It's true, but we're very comfortable with the overall gross margin profile that adding those to our product set gives us. Okay, thanks. And if I can just squeeze in one more here, just with your U.S. strategy, and congratulations, by the way, for closing uh, Green Roads. Besides Green Roads on the CBD side, um, is there any other opportunities that you're, you're openly considering, um, whether this be in, say, an MSO space or manufacturing or partnering space, or, or how should we think of your U.S. strategy in general? Is it, is it stopping right now at least, or starting, I should say, uh, with, with green roads and, and potentially down the road you'll, you'll look to something further? Thanks. Uh, yeah, I guess this one's more to me again, David. So from a green roads perspective, that is really the first piece of the puzzle. Uh, I think uh, in 12 months, David, we're going to be talking about, you know, what a great transaction and opportunity that was for the Balance platform as we are actively looking to increase not only our B2B business through the, the Green Roads platform, but also expand that business throughout the US. So yes, we expect to be active. Uh, yes, it's the first step of many. And, and we think that we've got the team uh, and the brand portfolio out of Green Roads that we can do that. Okay, 
Thanks very much. Congrats on the quarter. I'll uh, pass it along. Our next question comes from the line of Gerald Pascarelli with Cowan & Company. Please proceed with your question. Great. Thanks so much for taking the question. And this is uh, Harrison Vivas on for Gerald today. Um, so, so with with the Green Roads acquisition now closed, we we just love to get your thoughts on the U.S. CBD backdrop, uh, in particular at, at the brick and mortar retail level. Now that the economy is is, is reopening at a, at a pace broadly faster than expected, and, and given discretionary income should also now benefit from 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 child tax credits, which started today. So, so any thoughts on, on potential momentum to the category, uh, and 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 how has this evolved over the past few months? Uh, that that'd be great. Thank you. Yeah, Rick, why don't you tackle that one? Sure. Well, thanks for the question. Yeah, I think we're finally seeing an inflection point, uh, not only in, in Canada with COVID, but in the U.S. as well, um, where you're finally seeing these mom and pop shops that got hit so hard that were selling CBD now start coming back online, where you can actually re, uh, re actually get those distribution channels that we had previously in 2019 or Green Roads had previously in 2019, and really focus on the online network too with people going out and actually doing things and being more active and uh, getting out, it really, that health and wellness segment um, really is, is a part of that and uh, really benefits from it. So if you look even at the conferences, we're having our first conferences with Green Roads, which truly drive that revenue and what we haven't been able to do to drive that brand to those uh, next level and mom and pop shops and new consumers. With that said, though, with the benefit of Green Roads is really the online network, where if you look at the return on advertising spend and cost of customer acquisitions comparatively to other companies, I think they've been very strong in that category. And regardless of, I think the net benefit is now just another positive on that B2B side, but the overall online network uh, continues to chug along um, very well. Uh, that, that's super helpful. And I guess, I guess just to, to squeeze in a follow-up on, on that, um, can, can you just talk about what you're seeing in terms of the pricing environment in, in USCBD? Uh, last year, we saw a lot of the large publicly traded companies take, you know, 15, 20% price reductions to manage through through a pretty deflationary environment. So, so as it stands today, do you, do you, you know, do you believe the USCBD landscape is pricing landscape is, is rational, and, and are you comfortable um, with your relative with your relative price grabs? Yeah, maybe you I'll know, tackle this one. Every, feel free to comment after. Uh, extremely comfortable with where it's at. Um, we, we've we've looked at everybody. We've talked to everybody. We have a good understanding of where things are at. And and price doesn't care about or quality doesn't care about price. When you look at a bottle of wine in the liquor store, not everything is priced the same. People are willing to pay more for a premium product that's tested. And the one thing on the Green Roads platform that very few people in the U.S. are doing is standardized testing across the board, where you can actually see a COA. So what we're seeing right now is the price per gram is is higher than our our industry. Uh, competition right now because it's transparent. Uh, Everett, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And on that note, on that uh, COA, uh, Green Roads is one of the only companies in the U.S. where a consumer can actually scan the barcode and go and find that COA. I think it's about trust for the consumer. And, and in the CBD space, uh, really in the 2018 with the farm bill going, everyone and their dog was uh, trying to start a CBD brand. And what, what the consumer hasn't really had is that trust. 
the reason we thought Greenroads was the right partner for us is because it has that trust with the consumer and it shows with their price point being higher than a lot of others. And I would, what I'd look for your third party data is how stable Greenroads pricing has been comparatively to others. And if you look at the different price channels, the other reason that Greenroads advantage, the online channel really has a better margin profile and pricing, and that's where it's really more sophisticated. So the more revenue you can do on that online segment, which consumers still to like the best, um, is really a, a margin enhancer, and, and you can have more uh, price protection on that. Great. Thanks very much. I'll, I'll jump back in the queue. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Andrew Parthenou with Stiefel. Please proceed with your question. Hi, good morning. Thanks for taking my question. Um, maybe just a follow-on on, on your flower and, and pre-roll offerings. Coming out of the gate, obviously very strong here in terms of positioning. Um, could you give us a little bit more color on, on your overall strategy um, why is it that you chose um, to launch your first products in this fashion? And how do you see yourselves different from um, your peers? Yeah, appreciate the question. Happy to touch on that. So, yes, we did have a successful pre-roll and flower launch, but I want to be very clear. We left a lot of money on the table in this quarter with, with supply chain issues, and it's almost like we were in a fight with one arm tied behind our back. We couldn't get tins for the pre-roll uh, units in time. So we have open provincial orders that we couldn't fulfill in time that we had to bump. So it, it's one of those things where it's just it's a product of the environment that we're currently in, and we will clean those up. And as, as the world comes back around from the pandemic, uh, supply chains will tighten up and, and we'll, we'll be able to get access to materials that we need. Uh, if flowers, the, the product offering, how we're going to be competitive, the best way to think about the Valens strategy for flower is we're here to be a challenger. We're not going to be the biggest, but we're going to be a value proposition that no one can touch. And, and what sets us apart is we're not tied to a spe specific genetic. If you look at company X that's cultivating for 120 days, they're tied to whatever genetic or whatever biomass comes down at the end of the harvest. We're buying selective strains selective terpene profiles, and we're launching products for different value propositions. And again, being the largest purchaser of biomass and the lowest cost producer, we can add value where no one else can touch us. We're currently buying way lower than people are producing it for, and, and I'll call it strategic. Uh, we buy from different people at different time, and we play quarters. So depending on who has a quarter coming up, if they're trying to meet their top line revenue, uh, we'll grab biomass that we're looking for at a significant discount to market. So uh, the, the best way to think about our our strategy today is, is we're going to be a challenger uh, in the space. Thanks for that great color. And um, maybe switching gears, um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you have a pro forma cash balance sheet now of, of around 50 million. Um, 10 million of that is is going to the to the green roads, building out uh, the presence there. Um, could you talk a little bit more about, you know, what you guys plan to use um, the rest of your war chest for? Any color around, you know, strategy behind M&A, what you're looking for, where you're looking for things, um, and what you find attractive? Yeah, Jeff, why don't you talk about this one? Sure. So, you know, first, first important part, part to talk about is the CapEx that we 
we needed to finish to get our K2 facility up and running, uh, CapEx at, at Life to, to get that running the way we wanted, and then also Palmy. So the majority of that is largely done. Uh, and as we said when we did the Batio financing, uh, we, we were continuing to see uh, opportunities uh, both north and south of the border that uh, meant that we should have a balance sheet that allow us to be uh, flexible and opportunistic in achieving those. So the vast majority of that war chest, as you call it, that's a good way to put it, that's how we view that balance sheet. Uh, we're, we're, we, we brought it on board to be strategic and to further our strategy, uh, and that includes, uh, in a large, a large sense, uh, opportunistic acquisitions in key market segments. Okay, and, and maybe if I can squeeze uh, one more in here. Um, could you talk about where you are in terms of um, facility utilization or, or capacity utilization um, throughout your footprint in Canada? Yeah, uh, sure. I'm happy to tackle that. So um, I say, I mean, we're largely still getting started. So you, uh, as you know, uh, our K2 facility just came on at the end of November. Uh, and we've been scaling up that facility. So if I was to, you know, it's, it's a little bit challenging to say, because we'd have to go almost product by product in terms of ca uh, capacity. Uh, but I'd say, uh, if, if, if push comes to shove, I'd say we're maybe sitting around 40% today at our capacity. And, uh, you know, it's still the best days uh, ahead of us in terms of filling out that capacity uh, and, uh, you know, driving those operational efficiencies. Okay, thanks for taking my questions. I'll get back in the queue. Our next question comes from the line of Aaron Gray with Alliance Global Partners. Please proceed with your question. Good morning. This is Andrew Bond on the line for Aaron Gray. Thank you for taking our questions. Uh, you have a number of new SKUs listings being launched, and, and we've been hearing more about increased difficulty in getting SKUs listed. Uh, so I know you touched on your increased SKU listings earlier in the call, but just curious on how your conversations have gone with provincial buyers, and uh, are you seeing any difficulty in getting listings uh, in some of the more saturated categories? Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe I'll tackle this and Everett, feel free to comment. We are having zero issues with the provincial board, and the dialogue is very, very warm. Um, we're more of an ally than an enemy in this space, so we're, we're very collaborative with a lot of the provincial boards, asking what's working, what isn't, what price points are moving velocity, going back to our strategy of fewer, bigger, better. We're using a sniper rifle rather than a shotgun, so we're not even having conversations around something we really want to get behind at this point, and the provinces are extremely open. Again, pricing, we can be more competitive than a lot of our industry peers, so uh, the provinces understand that, and now they're coming to us with ideas like, hey guys, have you ever thought about doing X, Y, or Z? We believe there's white space, we're talking to retailers directly. Um, our provincial board strategy has to be one of the better ones in the entire space. So um, zero issues with, with maneuvering at the provincial board. Great, great. That's great to hear. Thank you for the detail. I'll pass it along. Our next question comes from the line of John Chu with Desjardins Capital Markets. Please proceed with your question. Hi, good morning. Just wanted to touch on the listings here. And so, in a very simplistic way, if you have 57 SKUs that you're manufacturing and you've got six provinces and hypothetically you list every one of those SKUs in those six provinces, then technically you would have over 300 listings, I guess, is the basic way of understanding that. So 
but, but obviously you're not going to have every single SKU listed in every single province. But as you're adding four more provinces by year end, as, as what was stated earlier, and then some new products coming along as well, maybe help us understand what's, what's a normalized listing number that you might expect to see once all the provinces are, are, are added to your distribution list and, and that you have these 57 SKUs. What would be kind of a more normal looking listing across Canada? Is that something you can give us a handle on? I can't really touch on that because it's almost impossible. Every provincial board is so different, and what we're seeing win in BC might not win on Ontario. So we're tailoring our approach for the specific provinces. And if you look at beverage, for example, um, if, if you look at where we're at currently in BC and Alberta, we're not quite there in Ontario because Ontario doesn't have the same beverage depletion rates or inventory health. And if you look at how they went to click and collect, uh, obviously, beverages aren't as popular in Ontario as, as of today. So um, it, it's really impossible. We're going to tailor each provincial board to the consumer needs and wants, and then, again, optimize as we go in time. So I don't think I can give you a specific number. Um, that And again, when you look at Saskatchewan and Manitoba, sometimes less is more. So we're really getting behind core SKUs in some of the smaller markets to, again, just drive operational efficiency. So if you look at our, our core product offerings under Verse, for example, you'll see whole flower pre-rolls, uh, sunset peach, vape pen, and, and tropical lemon uh, in every market, but we're being very concise and strategic on some of the other SKUs we're launching. And again, almost proof of concept. So we'll launch it in specific markets for specific reasons. And then once we have that data and once we're comfortable and really getting behind a product, then we'll launch in, in other markets. Okay, so just, so just to follow up on that, then. So as you get more data, and obviously some of these products are, are very new, very unique, and so so that might you know, take some time for some of the provinces to get on board. But it, is it safe to say that there's potentially some significant upside to the, the 132 listings because some of these products are like brownies and bath bombs are just so new, so there there is potential for significant upside for more listings? Yeah, I don't want to be over-promotional, but there is significant upside, and, and there's blatantly huge upside in what we're doing. Again, we, we've been very concise, and a lot of people think we've been in the provincial boards longer than we have. It hasn't even been 12 months since we've been listing in the provincial boards, and we're winning. Um, and I know our financial results might not show that today, but when you go back and look at February, March, April, on some of the milestones we've achieved with the product calls that don't go live until August, September, October, um, it's going to be a completely different story going forward, and, and we're winning the provincial listings. Uh, ton of upside left on the board, and again, I'll, I'll touch back on some of the open POs. Supply chain is, has been an issue, and we're not hiding behind it by any means. We'll take it on the chin if need be, um, but we're fighting with one arm tied behind our back right now, and we will win the provincial board's listings and continue to drive depletion rates, and, and, and you'll see that in the future. Okay, and then just I want to touch a little bit more on this, the flower and the pre-roll angle here. You know, by, by our submits, that's 70% of industry sales. And so you getting into that market just really increases that addressable market. So we like that move. But if you can give us just a bit more color, because it, it just sounds like you've, you've just been in the early stages of, of launching some of these first products. So are there more flower strains and, and skews coming pre-rolls as well? And and is there an opportunity for another third-party partner uh, to come in on top of, in addition to Verse? Yeah, uh, John, uh, this is Jeff. Uh, Verse was the first, uh, and, and really the impetus uh, when they came to us and asked us to round out their portfolio to dig deeper in and analyze the opportunity. 
So that's the first. I mean, what's going on, obviously, from a B2B side, which is not in these numbers and not something we've talked about yet, you know, I'd say the feedback and the opportunity for us to support our, our LP partners is great. So the, the demand we've seen, the pull we've seen, the opportunity to fill volumes and fill our machines. Uh, I mean, we, we started with one machine, we've already had to buy a second. So, so we think the opportunity in pre-rolls in particular is very, very strong. Um, and, you know, you're not going to see that from a B2B perspective. Okay, great. And uh, maybe just last question here. You've introduced some fairly unique uh, form, new form factors uh, recently, and obviously the store, the store restrictions, I'm guessing, hampered this, some of those sales because presumably they're going to want to take a look at it in person versus buying something online sight unseen for something new. So is that a fair statement that some of these new form factors, whether it's bath bombs or baked goods, you really need the stores to be open to, to really start to generate meaning uh, more more hype behind that? Yeah, you're 100% right. Never feel free to jump in. Uh, the online platform is very different than the brick and mortar physical locations. And a lot of our products are priced accordingly to be an add-on at the end of a transaction. So if you look at hypothetically a, a pre-roll or bath bomb, you're going in there for two beverages and a brownie. You add on that at the point of sale when you're at the physical retail location, but not on e-commerce. So we've seen trends shift uh, away from from some products and, and we're already seeing depletion rates pick up now that Ontario is open. Um, so yeah, you're, you're hundred percent right. The, the, the market is just different for e-commerce or brick and mortar stores. And John, what I'd add on to that is if you look at the innovative products, these, these products are brand new to the Canadian market. They, they, you know, what really helps is that storefront environment to give that consumer education. And, and frankly, at the end of our quarter, as of May 31st, more to, most of those storefronts were, were click and collect. So I think that, after that, you, what we're seeing is a tailwind in the third quarter where you're seeing that stores open and also that consumer education happen. So for 2.0 products, there's, 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 there's obviously a correlation to storefronts open and greater demand in those product categories. And, and that's not new. You can see that on the high fire data and in the U.S. Okay, great. Appreciate the time, guys. Thanks. Our next question comes from the line of Raul Saragasa with Raymond James. Please proceed with your question. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Thanks so much for taking my question today. Um, I really wanted to focus on the Green Roads acquisition. Um, you know, on getting that closed. So, you know, on, on the call after the acquisition, you talked a little bit about synergies expected. Maybe you can give us a little bit of, of an update on, uh, you know, how the synergies uh, are, are expected to roll out, uh, how that strategy is evolving, and in particular, you know, how uh, Green Roads management specifically is, is uh, influencing the broader strategy of balance. Yeah, absolutely. Every, why don't you start, and then Jeff and I will jump in. Sure. So, so uh, Raul, as you said, it, it, it closed in the third quarter, so we don't have any green roads results. So we'll have partial results coming in that third quarter, as well as the management team being a bigger part of the corporation. Um, so if you look at uh, Dale Baker, he's now our president of the Valence Company U.S. And I think it's going to be a key part of, of that strategy. From an integration standpoint today, we're, we're well ahead of schedule. I think where we really hit the ground running was on international. Um, where we're now utilizing that CBD platform for international sales row. And now what we're doing is, is focusing on cost structure, um, even just leveraging Tyler's relationships. We've already been able to uh, lessen the cost to get sold on isolate. 
So we've found a decrease in prices, as well as one thing that the Green Roads team isn't in today. They're really sophisticated, as you know, on that online platform, but they haven't got into the MSO retailer, right, and, and some of these other retail relationships. So that's really the concentration right now and getting that up to speed. And, and we're, we're well into our 100-day integration plan, um, and uh, we're, we'll give updates to the market in due time. Um, and as well as I would say, just to kind of update on the overall kind of uh, market, it, it, the nice thing to see is, is the questions earlier is we're seeing kind of an inflection point um, in, in kind of Canada and the U.S. where openings are happening. So uh, Green Roads will be going to its first conference uh, here um, um, since, which really can drive that brand recognition sales to new B2B channels where they're already sophisticated on that B2C side. So um, that's, that's a key thing is um, opening up on that front. And uh, I'm sure Dale can tell you about that uh, in future quarters. Perfect. Thanks very yeah, much. And just a very quick Sorry, I'll just maybe add one more element to that uh, conversation as well. So we're already seeing, and when we say it in our, our, our uh, prescribed remarks that we're ahead of schedule in terms of in integration, we've, we sort of outlined three phases of, of and we did this in our uh, public communication, three phases of our synergies. One of the key areas is on the B2B side, uh, and we're already seeing two important parts. Number one, some of our existing partners coming to us for to handle uh, U.S.-focused uh, manufacturing, number one, uh, and number two, already involved in discussions to help uh, facilitate big box store uh, shelf listings with Green Roads products. So two key areas for you know big big volume improvements uh, already well underway. Um, you know, and it's only been what three weeks since we closed. Terrific. Thanks for that, Jeff. Uh, I think you just answered my second question, so I'll pick another second question then. Um, so now extrapolating those relationships, uh, particularly you highlighted Tyler's relationships, you know, again, on, on the call last time, and, and the Green Rose team be able to leverage that in the U.S. Um, how about internationally? Can you give us a little bit more, like just like you did in sort of, you know, clarity there in terms of the U.S. Uh, you know, structures and, and verticals you're going after? Anything more specific you can share about the international uh, trajectory? Yeah, I think it wouldn't be a surprise to you, Raul, to know that to note that you know potentially Green Roads was focusing on some markets where we were focusing as well. So one of the first things we realized as we had a conversation was, hey, wait a minute, we're we're both having different avenues or different inroads into this. Let's combine the efforts and formalize where Green Roads was ahead. How can we leverage that to uh, file more Valens products through? And where Valens was ahead, how can we? a maneuver to get more green roads opportunities there. Those conversations have already started to happen and are already formulating. Uh, so that's from an international perspective. I think that's an avenue where you're going to see, uh, you know, a lot of integration between the approaches that Valen's saying, like, uh, from a U.S. market perspective, obviously, uh, green road starts from a great base and left to its own devices will do great for us. Uh, you know, with little integration, uh, aside from these uh, synergies that we're talking about, but from an international perspective, the combined effort, I, they're really uh, one plus one is four or five. And, and Raul, maybe expand too, is from a strategy standpoint, now we have a manufacturing hub in Canada for the medical markets that we can distribute and obviously into Australia and other markets, but then also, then we have a more flexible platform at Green Roads with their CGMP facility there, uh, going uh, through the CBD channels, 
right, uh, internationally. So I think that together we're seeing the synergies and saying, okay, some markets we can ship through our facility, some we can ship through theirs. Um, and it, it has some unique synergies, so we'll, we'll keep you updated on that as that expands. Terrific. Thanks so much for taking my questions, and uh, best of luck with the integration. Our next question comes from the line of Scott Fortune with Roth Capital Partners. Please proceed with your question. Uh, good morning. Thanks for the questions. A lot have been answered, but just a real quick follow-through on, on the green roads up in Canada, kind of the opportunity there to build CBD there uh, as distributions. So kind of uh, focus on the, the timing, and it doesn't seem like a, a lot are going after that market and a big opportunity for green roads. Just kind of step us through the, the Canada opportunity for it and, and timing one. Yeah, I think we, we this is Jeff. Uh, thanks for your question. Uh, we do think that there's an opportunity for Green Roads products in Canada. Uh, we're already starting that conversation. Key will be around the portfolio that we bring to market. Again, we're focused on volume and efficiency. Uh, fewer, bigger, better uh, is our mantra here. So there are some key Green Roads products that we will be looking to bring up in target market segments. Uh, but we have also a lot of our, our custom manufacturing partners uh, who are also uh, coming through Valens to bring specific products to market, and we will manage all those relationships uh, on an overall portfolio basis to make sure that we're driving volumes and all SKUs. Timing, and then last question, timing on, on really kind of the Canada market for, for CBD opening up and, and collecting here? So the, the key difference from the Canadian market, obviously, is that it's, uh, the sale of CBD products is regulated the same as THC, right? So, so from a, when you say the market opening up from a CBD perspective, uh, I'd say two things. Number one, CBD products are out there and are selling through the dispensary and provincial channels. Uh, but number two, a big opportunity and uh, yet to be realized opportunity, particularly for companies like Valens, relates to the health and wellness side of the equation. And you, that's what you know. many of the products that we've launched uh, and will continue to launch are focused on that health and wellness market. That's predominantly a, a CBD-based market. Uh, and so we are pushing that uh, that agenda and that attacking that market segment with our partners uh, in Canada. If you're talking specifically about when CBD will be deregulated from THC environments and sold in, say, over-the-counter in, uh, in like a, a Loblaw or Shoppers or some of those channels, uh, you know, that when that timeline is going to occur, we don't, it's not, we're not clear. Uh, we are encouraged uh, with some of the conversations ongoing that it's, it's within our sites, but, you know, we don't make a call on specifically when that's going to happen. Okay, no, that's perfect. I appreciate it. Thank you. There are no more questions in the queue. I'd like to hand the call back to management for closing remarks. Thank you, operator, and thank you to everyone who's joined. Obviously, we had a tough quarter, uh, not the financial results we wanted, uh, but operational, we came out stronger than we went in. Uh, we're confident in our ability to deliver, and I think you're going to see that in, in the, the listings of the SKUs we had already manufactured, and you're going to see greater distribution in Canada, and, and one of the things you'll see is greater distribution in the U.S. post-integration of Green Roads. Um, our fundamentals are strong, and everything's kind of coming together operationally, and, and we will deliver. Um, we're looking forward to our Q3 call and providing more updates. With that, I'll ask the operator to close the call. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this does conclude today's teleconference. Thank you for your participation. You may disconnect your lines at this time and have a wonderful day. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.